Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The Visibility Factor podcast is brought to you in part by the 90-Day Visibility Breakthrough Accelerator Program. Do you believe deep down inside that you can have a bigger career, but you don't know how to get there? You can keep doing what you're doing, but what if there is a better way that could accelerate your progress? This 90-day program is a powerful experience that is unique to you and provides dedicated time to focus on your specific challenge. It gives you the time to develop big ideas and plans to execute them, including the tools, resources, and motivation needed for success. Hundreds of clients have used this same program to take them to the next level in their career and to create a better life. Join me in a 90-day experience that focuses on challenges like creating a strategic plan, how to lead an organizational change, or prepare for a career transition. This dedicated time will help you see new possibilities, recognize your strengths, and take away key insights that can be leveraged immediately. Are you ready to create a breakthrough for yourself? If you're interested in learning more, visit susanmbarber.com forward slash visibility breakthrough accelerator for more information and to sign up for the program. I look forward to seeing you there. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber, your host. Today, I am bringing you my guest, Adam Veet, and he is a recruiter. And we're going to talk about networking and interviewing. And I think it's uh, interesting to talk about recruiting. There's a lot of questions that people have about it, and I thought it might be helpful for him to share that with us. So welcome to the show, Adam. Thank you, Sue. I appreciate you having me. No, it's awesome to have you here. So why don't you introduce yourself and then we'll get into some conversation. Sure. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, I'm Adam Veet. Uh, I live in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, been in the recruiting space for 11, over 11 years now, um, mostly in technology, but spent some time on the sales side um, and marketing as well. So um, you know, I've been a leader in the recruiting space. I've also been an individual contributor in that space as well. So um Obviously, as I mentioned, spent a um, have a little time here um, in the space in the industry. So networking, as you mentioned, interviews and stuff like that, um, the career side of things has been kind of my specialty over the last uh, eleven or so years. And I know you also have a podcast of your own, which I think I love the name. Uh, I wrote I wrote it down: the Shooter's Touch. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Yep, the Shooter's Touch. Um, yeah, I've been doing that for gosh uh, three and a half or so years. And, you know, we just, we talk a lot of basketball. I'm been playing basketball <laughs> my whole life and all that stuff. So it, it was actually just a way to, uh, to get, uh, I guess our musings about the sport out there. And then it kind of morphed into having guests and, you know, having, um, uh, a basis of coaches that listen to us now too. So, um, it's fun. Very oh, fun. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yay. Okay. Well, let's, let's step back and talk about recruiting. I feel like this is a question I get quite often, honestly, like, do you work with recruiters? Do you know any recruiters? How does this work? So I thought it might be good for you to explain a little bit about the recruiting industry a little bit from your perspective, and then also talk about, I know you're doing recruiting a bit differently than maybe the traditional model. And so I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about the differences between those two. Yeah. Um, and that's a great question. You know, there are a couple different, I guess, 
areas or maybe realms of recruiting. So you have like a vendor recruiting, so like third party recruiting where you're contacting a recruiter from another company who's working um, with the company you want to work at. So as their customer. So um, essentially you're going through that recruiting firm to end up at a customer, um, the company you want to work at. And there's also, uh, you know, more of a corporate side recruiting or internal recruiting where, you know, let's just say hypothetically like US Bank will say has internal recruiters that are recruiting for their positions. So there are outside recruiters, external recruiters and internal recruiters as well. My, I guess, model of recruiting that I have recently launched at Professional Project Partners um, is what they call recruitment process outsourcing. So this is, I guess you would call it a separate, more external, I would say, but um, we are essentially contract recruiters where we provide a solution, a recruiting solution to companies, to teams, to managers that um, cost effective. It is very efficient. Um, you know, you're getting experienced recruiters to only work on your roles um, and really act as an internal recruiter, but, you know, not having to hire that person, pay for their benefits, 401k and stuff like that, too. So, um, you know, I know we've talked about it. It, it is a different model for the Midwest. Um, I don't believe a lot of companies or hiring managers have heard of this or have worked with a company like like this with the recruitment process outsourcing. But I think it's it, it has a, a very valid sales tactic to it where we're saving money, cost effective and efficient for you and your team to fill those roles as well. And just based on our conversation, what I thought was interesting is you kind of almost like send the people into that company, right? To be a part of it, understand the culture, understand what the company's all about. And I viewed it almost like a project-based experience, right? Where you are saying, here's what's going to happen over this period of time and for whatever roles you want us to work on, which I think is a very different model than most people think about for recruiting. For sure. And, you know, I, I, I mentioned the efficiency. Um, it, it is more efficient than those, you know, the other external model that I mentioned primarily because, yeah, we are essentially giving you those recruiters for, a certain time frame, six, 12, 18 months, or as you mentioned, kind of on a project basis where, hey, we're gonna come in, work on your roles eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, and <clears throat> gonna get all those filled, but you you don't have to hire that person. You know, it's a contract, so we'll come in, I'll, my team will, will give you experienced recruiters um, who know how to recruit, and they'll get as many roles filled as you need to for a monthly fee, um, and then we're done. You know, once you don't need us anymore, we go find something else. Um, and so, you know, very efficient and very, uh, you know, I keep saying it cost effective when you're thinking about bringing in somebody from my team compared to hiring a recruiter, um, you know, paying for their benefits, salary and the 401k and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's all levels within an organization. So anywhere from an individual contributor all the way up to a senior, you know, leader in a company. Yep. Yep. The team that I have um, and the team that I'm trying to build here will will definitely have experience from, you know, the, the customer service team all the way up to the executives. You know, we've hired a couple of VPs and a couple of, you know, higher level C-suite people as well. Are you, I know you mentioned the Midwest, are you recruiting for people from all over the country as well? Yeah. Yep. So we don't necessarily, you know, with, with recruiting, uh, you know, if you know how to recruit, you can really recruit anywhere. Um, and so we, while I've been from the Midwest my entire life, um, you know, so that's probably the easiest point of entry. Uh, we definitely don't have any kind of gates around us in the Midwest. We can work with people 
um, and or companies all across the U.S. as well. Okay. Well, that's good. So I think the other side of it, and you and I talked a little bit about this too, is for people who are looking for roles, they're trying to probably figure out, should I work with a recruiter? Should I not work with a recruiter? Do you have any advice for people in those situations where you know, there's been many layoffs. We've all seen them in the news and people are trying to figure out like, what's my next step. And so I'm just wondering if you have any advice for people, you know, from that side of the coin. I know you're working with a lot of companies, but I'm sure you've seen both sides. Absolutely. And I would, I always recommend, you know, working with at least one recruiter if you are actively looking for a new job. Um, you know, I, I will preface that by saying, you know, you, it is ideal to find a good recruiter. Um, and that's hard. Um, there are a lot of recruiters out there that are very, very transactional where, you know, Hey, if I have a job for you, I'll talk to you and call you. If not, you know, you're, you aren't on my radar. You're not on my radar. Um, however, having a recruiter working for you is essentially having somebody, um, help you find a new job, look for new jobs for you while you can't. And so, you know, it, if you are actively looking, you know, your main job is more than likely trying to find a new job. And that's, uh, that is a, that, that is a full-time job that you need to take a break from that you, you know, need to take a lunch from whatever that is. So having a recruiter, a relationship with a recruiter can, can, um, allow them to obviously know what you're looking for, um, and really do that searching for you while you are not able to, um, and while you are able to having two people do that search for you. Mm -hmm. So we talked a little bit about interviewing and helping people prepare for that, you know, we can talk about the interview side too, but I'm also curious if there's any other advice you have for people in those situations, like maybe top two or three tips that you tell everybody when you talk to them that you could share. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do talk to a lot of people about interview. I prep a lot of people for interview and have in my career. Um, the biggest piece of advice I can give is that when you're answering questions in an interview, answer those questions with an example of when you've done something like that before. Um, that does a couple things that lets the manager, the hiring manager, or who you're interviewing with know that, hey, I will not have to train this person on that specific thing. It also obviously experiences better than saying, yeah, I learned that in a book or yeah, I, I you know, I took a class on that. Um, having that experience is, is just way better than any of that, than any of those things that I just mentioned. So answering questions with examples of when you've done that in the past is the best way to answer questions. I also, you know, I also tell all of all the candidates I have interviewed and have had an interview in the past to do research on the company. Um, you know, overall general interview advice is, Hey, have some questions ready for that manager that you're interviewing with, but having in-depth questions about the company or, or, or the manager you're interviewing with, um, are the best questions to ask, you know, not just, Hey, I did, you know, did a quick Google search and I clicked on the first link. Um, here are some of the questions that people on, online have had about, you know, about the company or you, you know, really do your research and really, um, uh, come up and, and I mean, think about those questions prior to the interview, um, have some in-depth questions to ask those managers or the people that you're interviewing with about the company. Yeah. It's very, one of the things I work with, with people, whenever I'm, you know, helping them with a interview situation or preparing for that is also helping them think about how to show up in a way that they want to show up. Right. I think it's very easy. Uh, so let's just use an example. If you are maybe a director 
today, but you're going for a VP role, it's very easy to continue to answer questions maybe from a director perspective because that's what you know, right? And now you're stepping up into the next level. So I'm curious what you have done to help people think about that from like, what kind of brand do you want to show up with? What are the things that they should think about in that situation? Absolutely. And that is a, that is a, that is a tremendous point you just made there, Sue. And what I've recommended to past candidates is, Hey, utilize your network. If you have individuals in your network that are at that level that you're interviewing for, connect with them, talk to them, you know, it can be 15, 20 minute conversation or schedule a coffee, you know, pay for their coffee. Um, but having that perspective is, is, is absolute gold when you're interviewing for those positions. And they could even honestly, what's and it is, you know, a smaller community here in Iowa, you know, small world, we get that comment all the time, but, um, that, that person in your network could even be connected to that person that you're interviewing with. Right. And so they could put in a good word. They could say, Hey, I, I know this person, you know, even mention this in the interview um, to kind of break the ice. So, you know, I think obviously, you know, I know we'll probably talk about networks here. Um, I'm here in the next couple of minutes, but your network is super important and you can utilize that network and have so many ways, um, a lot more ways than a lot of people think about. And that's one of them, you know, connect with those people that you have in your network um, that are in that position that you're interviewing for to give you some insights, first of all, you know, but also to give you some advice on here's some of the responsibilities I have. Here's what I've come across challenges, positives, negatives about that type of role. Um, and like I mentioned before, that is just absolute gold when it comes to interviewing for those positions. Yeah, totally agree. I, I think, uh, you know, I talk about informational interviews was kind of a little bit like what you're talking about there and the importance of that, not only to gain insights from the perspective that you're speaking about, but also, interviewing people at the company that you might be interested in joining to understand from the insider's point of view, what the culture's like, uh, what their experience has been like. You know, it's, I've met with some people lately and their onboarding has been horrible. I'll just say that, uh, which is sad, right? right. Because yeah. that is the experience that that person takes away about the company immediately. So helping people understand the importance of some of these things and, from that insider point of view, can give you some ideas of maybe questions to ask in the interview if you do get one. That kind of stuff, I think, is important. Absolutely, you know, I think that would be something. You know, that just having that that connection with that person. Um, you know, there there are so many ways that there's so many doors and ways that that can help you. Um, and you mentioned, I guess, a couple of those right there too. Okay, so let's talk about networking because it's. Uh, Definitely been a hot topic lately. I just did a podcast of my own about it uh, that's coming out. And I think it's very challenging for some people, maybe people who are more introverted. But also, I think the first question is like, like, what am I going to say? What do I say to these people? I don't know them. How do I start this? And so I tried to give some ideas in my podcast, but I'm curious from your standpoint, like what are the things that you advise people to do in terms of networking? Yeah. The first thing I would advise is just to say hi and then say your name. Um, I know it's not that easy sometimes, but, um, you know, I feel like, um, at least networking events, right. They get kind of a bad rap, especially as you mentioned from people that are more introverted, um, you know, Hey, I'm going to go there. Nobody's going to want to talk to me. I, I don't want to talk to anybody. That's for sure. However, just getting there, 
um, is, is a huge, is a huge um, step for those people. So getting there, networking events, the ones that I've been to, a lot of the ones that I've been to, the people that go to those are, you know, the people that are open to having conversations with new people. They're open to individuals walking into one of their groups, just saying hi and what you do, why you're here, stuff like that. So I think, in my opinion, I think it's a lot easier to do than a lot of people think. Um, it is scary as a um, recovering introvert here. I, uh, I, I was the same way. I would not want to go to those. I would have to force myself to go. Um, and you know, it, as I got there, when I was there, it was fun, but before that it was not fun. So some advice I give is, 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 you know, just be open to conversations, be open to the fact that you will have to walk up to somebody yourself, start a conversation, and then also practice, you know, uh, in front of the mirror, you know, practice with a group of friends, you know, trying to just maybe, Hey, here's my elevator pitch of me, of what I do, of why I'm here. Um, you know, just an experience, the more you practice that, the more comfortable you're going to get with it. And also, you know, however, there's going to have to be, or there will be times where, you know, you'll be uncomfortable stepping into a group of people and saying, hi, my name's Adam. I do this. This is why I'm here. But getting past that, you know, as it, as practicing your elevator pitch, practicing doing that will make it easier in the future. So, you know, very scary. I've been there. Um, however, the, in the future, growing that network, doing those things will make you a better person, a better employee and have a better career. Mm -hmm. And hopefully more contacts <laughs> in your network. More contacts, right? <laughs> that, that is true. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's interesting. A lot of people go to these and I'll say to the first thing I say to them is, did you link in with them? Did you set up time yes. to meet with, for the people that you want to meet with again, right? Did you set up mm -hmm. time to do that? Or are you going to do that today? Because we generally go to these events and then we leave and then you never mm -hmm. talk to those people again. And maybe there's some opportunity to get some help or support from them. Yeah. And you mentioned LinkedIn too. You know, we, we talked about the, I guess the introverts you might say, but there are plenty of ways to network now, uh, specifically for those, those introverts who may be scared to go to those networking events. Um, LinkedIn is a big one, obviously. Um, other, other social networks are, are as well. Um, you know, there are plenty of ways to, to get incorporated in, into groups via LinkedIn, via Twitter, even Facebook. Um, and not to mention, you know, websites like meetup, meetup.com are huge too. You can meet people before you go to these events online. So you get a little bit of a, more of a, you know, Hey, this is me. This is who I am. Are you going to this event? All right, perfect. I'll see you there. Um, and then you can go up to those people and have a, a more uh, warm, warm intro prior to those events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's nice when they send out a thing that says, here's all the people who are attending, because you can also take mm -hmm. a look at their LinkedIn, get to know them. I remember somebody walked up to me at one of the women's events I went to and she like knew my name and she... <laughs> It's like, how do, have we met? I don't, she said, no, I, exactly. looked, I looked you up. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> nice to meet you. You know, so it's a, it's a little disarming, but, um, a little bit, but you know, once she explained why she went to me, it made sense, but it was just kind of interesting. It makes sense. Yeah. So it was a good tip for me to think about, okay, I should do that in the future. You know, this was back when yeah. I was at craft, but <laughs> yeah, a little funny about that. Uh, do you have like a top set of questions that maybe you yourself use and, and maybe you're meeting from a recruiting standpoint to some extent, but mm -hmm. do you have a top 
you know, two or three questions that you usually use when you are going to an event that might help other people think about the questions that they could use? You know, you, um, I, I, I do not have a very big list. My number one on the list is introduce yourself, ask them what their name is, you know, all that good stuff. Hey, what do you do? They start talking what they do. And then I, I go from there. I just ask questions about that. Um, and typically what happens 99.9% of the time you ask them what they do, then they ask you what you do. And so that starts that conversation. And while you're explaining what they do, that person is doing the same thing. They're, they're trying to find questions about what you do and stuff like that. So that just, that just continues that conversation. So as far as a list, no, I do, I, I do not have a list that I go to those events with, but that is the question that I ask most people is what do you do? And then that, that, that conversation grows from there. Yeah. So kind of just going into curiosity mode may, you know, paying attention to whatever exactly. they're asking, right? Uh, what are your thoughts about situations where you're having these new conversations with someone and they talk about a situation, a challenge, um, something that they need help with? Would you advise people to kind of jump in right away and say, you know what, I can connect you with somebody. I know somebody you should talk to. I always talk about trying to add value first, right? So would you recommend something like that? Yeah, that is absolutely great advice. And that's that's what I give a lot of the candidates that I have worked with and that are going to these events is that, yeah, I mean, you can't go to these events. Oh, Hey, I need a job. You can't go to them. And that that's what you lead with. You should not do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. like you said, provide value, um, you know, help them first, then they're going to want to help you even more than they already do. A lot of people want to help you regardless of if you help them, but helping them first makes them, um, open up a little bit more, but yes, my, my advice would for sure. I mean, cause especially if you're at a networking event, like that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to connect people. You're trying to get connected to people. Um, so if you know somebody or if you can provide value, um, yeah, for sure. I would jump right in. Um, and even if it's not, not, not right away there, you think of something on the way home, you know, that's something that you can follow up with, uh, say, Hey, you mentioned this, I have a connection. Here's that connection. I will connect you to, um, and go from there. So yes, my advice would definitely be to not wait on that stuff, but to, um, you know, 100% jump right in and try to provide value as soon as you can. Okay. So this is a little bit different topic, but I'm curious what your perspective is. So resumes, and yeah. there's a lot of different ideas mm-hmm. and thoughts that people have about resumes. Um, and, um, I'm curious what you think. Is it Two page resumes are kind of the standard now. Some people are even doing, um, I saw one yesterday, a presentation resume. They sent their normal resume, but then they also turned it into yeah. a presentation, which I thought was very interesting. So I'm just curious what you're seeing and, and what you recommend. Yeah. So, first of all, uh, anytime I talk about resumes, I have to say this that a one page resume is not the, not the norm. Um, I learned that in college and that was a long time ago. So if there's, <laughs> if, if you still think that that is not, that is not accurate. Now I will say that you don't want, you definitely don't want to have a, what we call a fluffy resume. So just adding in words, just adding in bullet points, just to do it. So if your resume is one page, that's absolutely fine. But if you can make a one and a half page resume, two page resume, and you have learned that a one page resume is the way to do it, that's not the case. So, um, now that I've got past that, uh, I think, <laughs> I think that, you know, I've seen in my 11 years, uh, the longest resume I've seen was 18 pages, um, which is, oh my which is really long. Uh, and I would, I would not recommend wow. having an 18 page resume, but you know, honestly, two or three pages, 
that is that is completely fine with me. What I typically tell people um, is under each job um, that you have, have you can have between five to eight of bullet points um, about your responsibilities in that job. And if that makes three pages, that's fine. You can try to take things out. You don't have to. Um, as far as as far as experience. I typically say if you have experience on your resume, that's 10 to 12 years old, um, you know, probably either make those in its own little section at the end, you know, where you don't really have your responsibilities under those jobs um, or maybe even take them off altogether. Because typically if you're trying to get a new job and you're putting uh, roles that you've had that are 10 or 12 years old, those roles typically don't apply to the new role that you're trying to get. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but having something on there that, you know, Hey, I, I have done, um, I've done this, uh, in the past and this is the role I held at this company is something that you want to put on the resume, but 10 or 12 years is probably getting a little bit too old to put on your resume. So that would make it shorter too. But, um, yes, one page resume, if you have it great, mm-hmm. if you, if you can't fit it all in one page, that's fine. But two or three pages is completely fine with me. Um, it, if I'm evaluating that, um, if I'm evaluating that resume. And, and that's kind of what I've seen too. I haven't seen an 18 page one. That was, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, I've never seen one that long. I've, and, and I've only seen one. I've, <laughs> I've only seen once, but uh, yeah, I will never, n- n- yeah. never forget that. I remember where I was sitting. I remember the candidate's wow, name and all that's that crazy. stuff. <laughs> I mean, I've seen like five pages, three pages for sure. But uh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's just, that just threw me for a second. I was like, wait, what? Okay. So <laughs> I'm curious from your standpoint, cause you're dealing with companies, you're dealing with individuals. Uh, what are you seeing in the market right now? Because if you watch, you know, the news or you see online, seems like everyone's getting laid off. Seems like there should be tons of open positions, but a lot of people who are applying for positions may not make it through the algorithm. So you can talk about that piece maybe. And then also, is it just that, you know, people are being more picky? Like what is preventing people from filling these roles? Because it seems like there should be so many open ones. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll I'll hit on the algorithm that that, uh, you mentioned first. Um, In my experience, me specifically, um, I've never worked for a company that has rejected candidates because of or excuse me, that has had an algorithm or maybe AI would be a buzzword now, reject mm-hmm. a candidate. Um, the closest I've, I've come to that is having people apply and our applicant tracking system will give them a grade compared to the mm-hmm. job description. So it has a job description. I apply, my resume gets graded as a B. So the recruiter still has the opportunity to go in there and look at that, at that resume to go in there and say, oh, you know, maybe maybe it was off a little bit that, oh, this candidate's a really good candidate. So just hitting, hitting on that, um, you know, I don't think that that is as prevalent as people think. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, um, but it's not happened in my 11-year career. Um, mm, okay. as, as far as the market, um, you are seeing a lot, of, a lot of layoffs and, you know, a lot of seeing a lot of big companies doing some layoffs, but then there are also companies hiring. Those big companies are still hiring too. Um, I will say that the majority of the people that I know who, you know, one have been laid off, but then two have actually found a new job after they've been laid off, have gotten that job because of their network. 
me specifically. Um, I, I was laid off at the end of 2022 and I found my new role, my current role right now because of the network that I had prior to that. I reached out to my network. Um, they were more than willing to help, um, set me up with a couple connections, got some interviews and obviously eventually found this job. So, um, you know, we had a conversation here about networking and I, I talk about networking all the time. Um, it is never a bad use of your time, in my opinion, to increase that network, to grow that network. Um, as far as the market goes, you know, I, I do think that there are a lot of people laid off. There are a lot of people looking for jobs and it is going to take some time to, um, obviously for all those people to find new jobs, but also for those companies to start to open their doors to more employees, to open up more jobs because, you know, the, not, not just the job market, but you know, the financial market is, is kind of up in the air. Um, you know, it's, it's just kind of scary out there. And, um, you know, with companies, hiring managers, you know, C-level people, them opening new jobs ha is going through a more strict process now that they're not just opening a hundred jobs just because, yeah, you know, that, that all makes sense. I briefly looked over why we need to open these hundred jobs. Let's do it. They're going through every single job and saying, okay, do we really, really need this person on our team? Um, and so, you know, with, with, uh, uh, with those couple things said, and not to mention, there's a lot of layoffs as we've talked about. Um, so when jobs are open, I mean, I'm seeing 800, 900 applicants to one role on LinkedIn. Um, and that's, and that's tough. And that is you have 900 applicants. You're probably going to have to have some type of an in within that company to get an interview. And that's when you're, and that's when your network comes in as well. So, um, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, the job market is, is just a little funny right now. Um, we saw this, you know, kind of in 2008 and a little bit right when COVID, um, you know, white, uh, excuse me, right when COVID kind of shut things down. Um, and so it, it turns around. I know it's, that's not, uh, you know, the best, uh, maybe advice or, or, you know, peace of mind for people that are laid off looking for new jobs right now, but it eventually does turn around. And, um, you know, I know it will here too. And, uh, just, you know, that, that network piece is so huge, uh, when you're applying for new jobs and when you do not have a job mm -hmm. looking for something new. So the key message is networking, networking, networking <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> All the time, every day. Yeah, I was even if you have a job you love, you still have to be out there networking for sure. One hundred percent, and that's man. I I tell people that all the time that you know I as a recruiter, my job is to meet with people. My job is to buy people coffee and network with people. Um, and it's it's I I struggle a lot when I when I reach out to people and they say, yeah, I'm not looking for a new job, so I don't want to you know. Just, know, so I don't want to meet with you or, or other, or other people. But yes, I completely agree with you, Sue, that networking, even if you have a job that you love is never a bad thing. Um, and so keep doing it consistently on a consistent basis. Okay. Well, thanks Adam for all of that advice and good ideas for everybody to take advantage of. Right now we're going to transition into what I call the rise up and be visible quick tips. So these are four questions that I ask everyone. So the first question, visibility is, if you could fill in the blank and then tell me why you answered that way. So visibility is being noticed. Um, there's positive visibility and there's negative visibility. Um, there are different ways to give visibility, but in my opinion, visibility is being noticed. Um, and that says as quick as it can be. <laughs> 
Uh, can you share like what you might think of when you said negative visibility? I'm just curious if people would understand what you mean by that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, uh, obviously there's positive visibility where, Hey, you're doing a great job. Um, you know, you're volunteering for, for projects, um, high level projects that, you know, you want to work on, you know, but negative visibility, you know, Hey, you show up five minutes late every day. Um, mm. you, you know, Hey, you don't, uh, you know, you're, you're leaving prior to, you know, the time you're supposed to leave. Uh, obviously those things are negative, you know, but also doing the work that, you know, Hey, this isn't, this isn't up to our standards, you know, kind of maybe giving it uh, mm. kind of half your effort or just nonchalantly doing things. So I would say those are two or three ways that, you know, you can be visible in a negative light. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. The next question, what are you doing to be visible in your own career? Yeah. So, um, as I, as I've transitioned to this new role in January, you know, my, um, I need to be visible as much as I can, you know, trying to grow this, this model of recruiting, trying to grow my team. Um, so I do a couple things on a day-to-day basis. I try to meet, have a meeting, uh, one or two a day, a coffee meeting, um, for sure. Try to meet one new person every week. Um, I have been to quite a few conferences in the last three or four months, which that's been great for my visibility, And, you know, those things are so interesting because in my experience, it seems like everybody there is willing to network, willing to meet new people. Um, And then also, you know, kind of a more long game play. So, uh, you know, you do your job and do your job well. You know, you have you have a job. You've got this job for a reason. So do what you can do, um, you know, and obviously take care of your responsibilities, um, you know, within the four walls of your office. And, you know, that 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 gets you noticed, too. Um, and that's, it sounds easy. Um, however, we have a lot of stuff mm-hmm. thrown at us every day, all of us do, but, you know, concentrating on, Hey, what do I have to do today? What is, what is, what is my job and how can I accomplish that the easiest, just doing your job. And like I said, more of a long game play for sure, because that you're kind of expected to do that. But if you're counted on to do your job every day, that's a big deal to managers, mm-hmm. founders, to owners of companies and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. Okay. What is the best leadership or career advice that you have ever received? Um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure if I've ever received this advice more, more observing people, um, would be to, uh, be sure with every decision you take a look at every angle, whether that's a decision on, you know, Hey, somebody on my team is arguing with another one about a, you know, a certain topic. Somebody doesn't agree with me as a leader. You know, I, I understand. And I'm, you know, I, I would consider myself very self-aware of situations like that, that I'm not always right. And whether I think I'm right or not, there could be a better way to do things. So my, if I'm giving somebody advice as a leader, I, I would say that to take a look at every angle, to make sure that, you know, you understand that you're not always right. Just because you've done things one way, your entire career, my 11 year career, there could be, there could be a better way to do it, a more efficient way. So kind of being self-aware about that and, you know, really looking at every angle before you make a big decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just be open to different perspectives because, yeah, I think mm-hmm. it, and it's very easy to get kind of stuck in the, we've always done it this way. You know, we've tried all these other things. Well, maybe if you try it again, it could make something happen this time, right? You never yes. know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And then last question, any books that you've read recently that you would recommend to the audience? Um, yes. Good question. So I just got done with Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights, which was incredible. 
Um, and right yes. before that, I, um, I finished, um, I think it's called start with why by Simon Sinek. Um, oh, and that was mm-hmm. really good. Yep. Uh, yeah. So those two are, are the, are, are the most recent, um, I, I do like to listen to audiobooks, So I have quite a, a collection here. I don't know if you can see it behind me or not, but, um, <laughs> I have a collection of actual books too, which is kind of weird to say in 2020, no. <laughs> 2023, but, um, yeah. So those are yes. two of the recent books I've read. I next on my list is, um, a book called atomic habits, um, which I've heard great things yes. about it, but have okay. never actually read it. So mm-hmm. um, those three books, I would say. Awesome. I love those. Yeah, I listened to Matthew's audiobook on green lights, which was amazing. Honestly, <laughs> I, I don't think I would think it was as good if I would have just read it myself, but with him reading it, yeah. reading it to I me, it was way hear, better. <laughs> yeah, hearing him say it. Yeah, I had no idea, like his life, uh-huh. you know? So it was a really, it's, it's a really kind of like a little bit of a biography, but also, or an autobiography, but also uh, just... Yeah. Very cool stuff he shares. So loved all that. Well, thank you so much for being here, Adam. If people want to reach out to you, is LinkedIn the best place for them to Absolutely. find you? Absolutely. Uh, LinkedIn um, or um, a social network called Twitter as well. I, uh, I'm i pretty <laughs> active on that. I love that um, as well. But LinkedIn for sure. Adam, V-I-E-T. Um, and then I am at A-D-A-M-V-I-E-T-D-S-M on uh, Twitter as well. So, um, yeah, those are the best ways. Okay. Awesome. Well, I will put the links to that in the notes for everybody. And thank you so much for being here, Adam. I think everybody's going to learn a lot about recruiting and interviewing and networking from our conversation today. And, uh, it was just a pleasure to have you. I appreciate the opportunity to be honest with you. Thanks for having me. No problem. All right. Thanks everybody for joining today on the visibility factor podcast, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the visibility factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor Podcast.